This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus for now in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? You can go for now to <laughs> Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Hey, everyone. Hi. It's a snowy day in Lakeville. The lakes are not frozen over. Uh, Starting to. There's not much lake right now to freeze. I know. Not, no, keep, it's been kind of uh, not great keep, in that regard. You keep evaporating. Uh, so a question, guys. Have you ever made a decision based upon a dream you had? Yeah. Tell me, Nick. What was the dream? <laughs> what was that the was decision? a surprise answer. I dreamt about pancakes once, and so I went out to breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Dreamt about pancakes. <laughs> How about you, Dave? Uh, I guess I took the question more seriously <laughs> than Nick did. Mm, wait, so that's I, a real answer. It that's is a real a- answer, but I was thinking like a kind of a big decision. I probably have made similar things to what Nick said. Okay, okay. but Stacey, I don't think so. That ever I happened? I don't think so. Not even in your days at Bethel. Like <laughs> dreams, like a thing. What does that have <laughs> to do with no, anything? Not really. Leading okay. question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you guys ever made a decision based upon like a flip of a coin or casting lots or rock, paper, scissors or anything like that? What's oh, the most significant oh, yeah. decision you've made by random in that way? I mean, define significant. Like I make decisions with like the Zuliger kids all the time based on no, rock, well, paper, so scissors. It's like, choosing <laughs> significant, a purchase of something, a like anything mm-hmm. like that ever happened? I don't know. I mean, just other than just like deciding where to go eat when we can't decide. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Stuff like that. Not really. Anything happen? I can't think of anything. Ever make Probably it right? like Nick said, where to eat or okay. what movie to watch. Right. We decided what uh, gifts we would register for, for our wedding based upon rock, paper, scissors. And hmm. got many of them. Uh, Do you ever make a decision like, God, you felt genuinely like God was calling you to do something and you did something like, you know, if God, you will, I don't know, let this happen. I will do whatever that ever happened to you. I mean, I, I can't think of a decision I've made like that, but I had a friend in high school who decided whether or not he was going to break up with his girlfriend based on if he hit any red lights on the way to her house. Did he hit any red lights? <laughs> did he hit any red lights on the way to our house? He did. Oh, so he broke up with her. Yeah. Oh. Lord, if I hit even one, <laughs> I know it's you. Thanks. I think he had his. I think he had his mind made he up. Did. That ever, he did. That ever happened to you, Dave? I don't think so. I've had a. I've had strong impressions that the Lord is is going to do something in the future, but never like. Here's a fleece I'm going to put out for. Or something. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have strong confidence the Lord will do something in the future, like right now. But what uh, He'll do, apart from Scripture, that ever happened to you, Stacey? Where you're like, not God, like, if you'll do this, I'll no, do not this. like that. No. I mean, I felt Him leading. Okay. All right. But not, hey, I'm going to do this. No, like test uh, you. no reading the signs in the sky, like interpreting the clouds or. Are you like leading us somewhere? Anything? Seems like I you're am. trying to yeah, get us something. This is all leading someplace. So because today's book that Nick is wanting to talk about is Just Do Something, a liberating approach to finding God's will or how to make decision without dreams, visions, fleeces, 
impressions, open doors, random Bible verses, casting lots, liver shivers, writing in the sky, etc. It's Kevin a long Dion. subtitle. It is. What's a liver um, shiver? Forward by Joshua Harris. A liver shiver? It's <clears> like a feeling that you really? get in your stomach. Yeah, Joshua Harris wrote the forward. Um, do you still get this not, book out? That's not in the updated version anymore. Oh, that hmm. well, is there is an gone. updated version that yes, doesn't? Yes, that that's, forward is gone. That's All right. sad. Yeah. Uh, Nick, why did you just do something and bring this book? Ha. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So I first read this book back in, I think, 2009 or maybe 2008. Um, mm. And I don't even remember why I first got a hold of it, but it kind of transformed how I think about God's will and finding God's will and living according to God's will. And it, the thing about it is that it, isn't, it doesn't really say anything like new. Like this has been a very historic way of understanding God's will. Um, but it, I found it to be kind of like not maybe novel for my life because I'd never really heard anyone mm. talk about it in these terms before. Mm. And I just found it really helpful and really freeing. Mm. So uh, when I, I read it when I was still working at Bible camp in Wisconsin and I taught a, a class on it that summer because I was mm. <laughs> just like, oh, this is so helpful. If only people would understand this. Um, and I've often referred to it uh, in ministering to students or even adults who are searching for how do I find God's will. So it's just been a go-to book for the last, I don't know, 13 some, some years. Mm. And, uh, I still refer to it and I still think it's really helpful. So that's, that's why. Yeah. It's a great book. I probably have given maybe close to a hundred copies of this away because it was our standard, uh, gift to senior hires. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my go-to uh, graduation gifts. Yeah. What do you too. find so <laughs> what do you find so very helpful about it? Yeah, Nick, so like, I mean basically the the thesis of the book is kind of um, Christians kind of talk commonly just in common terms about finding God's will for their life and it's often viewed as like in every decision you just have to f- somehow discern, well, what's God's will for me to do here? And I have to figure that out and do it. And if I don't, then I'm missing God's will or I'm missing his best or I'm, yeah. you know. Marry the wrong person, have the wrong kids. Buy the wrong have house. Have the wrong grandkids. <laughs> Better marry the right person. <laughs> that just is, a small deviation sets off generations right, of exactly. misery. So so what Kevin, so Kevin DeYoung, he just tries to, I mean, he, He kind of says, I'd like us to consider that maybe we have difficulty discovering God's wonderful plan for our lives because if truth be told, he doesn't really intend to tell us what it is. And maybe we're wrong to expect him to. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I was like, what? Because that's just not, (laughs) that's not how I was kind of brought up to, you know, make decisions and things like that. So what he tries to do is talk, well, what are the biblical ways that, you know, the Bible talks about God's will? So he talks about God's will of decree or his sovereign will, and this is his ordering from eternity past everything that will happen, right? So we believe he's completely sovereign and he is already, you know, he's laid out history and he is sovereign over every single decision. So he's sovereign and he's in control and he does what he pleases, right? The Lord is in the heavens, he does what he pleases. So that's God's sovereign will, his will of decree. Everything that happens is part of God's will. And really we can't mess that up right? There's nothing that we can do (laughs) to thwart God's sovereign will. 
And then he talks about another way that the Bible talks about God's will um, is his revealed will or his maybe his moral will. So this is when we read the Bible, there are clear commands of how we should live as Christians. So these are, you know, based on Jesus and his work in our hearts, what does it look like to please God? Well, you know, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Make disciples. And then there's all sorts of, you read through the New Testament, all sorts of commands, imperatives that have moral bearing on our life. And the beautiful thing about those things is we don't have to wonder or somehow kind of try to figure out mysteriously what those things are. They're written down for us in the word. And so our primary job as Christians is to know God's revealed will, his moral will for our lives and live in accordance with that, pleasing and acceptable, right? Um, And so you've got God's will of decree, you've got his revealed will, his moral will. And then a lot of Christians talk about this other mysterious, what is his will for your life and all these other decisions. And Kevin's like, maybe we're not supposed to know what that is ahead of time. <laughs> so he, he, he talks about trust in, trust in God's will of decree, trust that he's sovereign and that you can't ultimately mess it up. Know God's moral will, his will for your life as revealed in scripture and mm-hmm. follow that. And then for the decisions of life, he talks about the way of wisdom, mm-hmm. which is this, what the Bible spells out for how, how should we live in areas where the Bible doesn't clearly say X, Y, or Z. And so he lays out some principles of no godly wisdom. You know, how does the Bible talk about wisdom and decision-making? And uh, he says, know the word, seek godly advice from other trusted counselors, pray and ask the Lord you know, for wisdom in all of these things. And then in decisions where you're not making a moral decision, the title of the book, just do something, right? And so that's kind of the basic thesis. It's supposed to be freeing, right? We don't need to, in all these little decisions or even big decisions, get paralyzed and not be able to make decisions because we're so afraid of missing this bullseye. Um, Instead, rest in God's sovereignty, know his moral and revealed will, pursue wisdom. Many counselors, you know, soak these decisions in prayer. Um, and then just do something for God's glory. So that's kind of the basic thesis of the book. And it's been really helpful and freeing for me and for a lot of people that I've talked about it with. Yeah, it's kind of the standard, mm-hmm. you might call it, and I think it is called a reformed view yeah. in terms of decision-making, God's will. Uh, that we operate in the realm of wisdom where the scriptures are silent, mm-hmm. uh, still taking biblical principles. Is that in pretty big comparison to how you guys were brought up or what your understanding of God's will was previously? Or is that pretty close to where, like just in your early Christian life where you guys were at? I was probably more like Nick said he was. I mean, in a charismatic church growing up. And so it was a little bit of the what is God's will for my life and wanting to find that and not be outside of that. Mm -hmm. But I think this is just so helpful way of thinking about it. Um, A lot of decisions are just in the realm of wisdom right? and taking what we know of God's outright said and -hmm. then using even wisdom literature from scripture to help us make wise decisions. And then I think there's freedom. And then just, what do you want to do? Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think I was 
Yeah, brought up probably in that culture of kind of mysterious discernment, you know, trying to land at that that magic spot. It was more like big meta themes of like your life and where you're going to end up. And, um, and it seemed like, I just remember feeling, I remember feeling at times, like, although I wouldn't have been able to name it this way, feeling like, how am I ever going to know? <laughs> you know? Like, when have I arrived? How do I know that that's the end? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that this is, this is really freeing. I'm trying to remember one of the things I thought of when you were saying it is, does he say anything in there? I'm trying to remember the last time I read it was a long time ago. Um, does he say anything about just like the place of desire or, um, cause, I, I, cause that's one way I'll often <laughs> counsel people. I'll say, Hey, is there, is there a moral reason not to do it? Is there, um, and then I'll just, you know, at the end, if there's no moral reason not to, and, uh, what, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What is it? What do you want to do? Is, you know, and I think that sometimes that's a, I think he does, doesn't he? He, he says does. something about desire. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he says a lot about it. Yeah. In I don't know if it's like one of his main things, but he scatters it around right. the book. So like one of the quotes that I underlined, um, the only chains God wants us to wear are the chains of righteousness, not the chains of hopeless subject- subjectivism, not the shackles of risk-free li- living. Right. Just the chains befitting a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Die to self, live for Christ, and then do what you want and go where you want for God's glory. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so that's kind of like, and this even a little bit overlaps where I went with the sermon a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. in offering your bodies as living sacrifices. Mm -hmm. That's just what he wants in every decision. So just in whatever you're doing, make sure that it's out of a heart of love and worship to God. Don't sin, (laughs) you know, you're, you're a slave to Christ, but then do what you want and offer it as worship to the Lord. And that's what he'll be pleased. So what about in the realm of conscience, which I know he goes into in the book as well. Mm -hmm. So two different people faced with two very similar decisions in the realm of wisdom. And one chooses one thing and the other chooses another on the basis of conscience. Perhaps, I mean, maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a, you know, it it could be, you know, depending on the culture, something about like what you eat or what you don't eat. Is that okay? Is it okay for people in the realm of wisdom to go to two separate decisions? And the question be one of, one of them might be sinning by making that same decision, even though it's in the realm of biblical wisdom. Yeah. I mean, do you mean they might be sinning based on it's a sinful choice or that be sinning against their conscience? The latter. Yeah. Yeah. Explain so, that, unpack that. What would that look like? Well, yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is something we all have to reckon with because there are ways where our consciences are, boy, this could be a, this could be a podcast in and of itself. Have we ever done a podcast on the conscience? I'm, I can't remember. I'm unsure. I think we did. I think we did one time. I'll but find out the, the conscience talking. is basically your your consciousness of what's right and wrong, right? And and so if you do something that actually, um, you know, if if you understood everything correctly, the Bible wouldn't forbid. But you, your conscience is miscalibrated to think that it is wrong, then you violated your conscience, and the Bible say that that's actually sinful because you're doing something that you <laughs> believe is wrong. Um, 
And so you don't want to sin against your conscience. So we need to have a lot of room with our brothers and sisters for differently calibrated consciences and to not bind their consciences in ways that would cause them to stumble or in other words, to violate their conscience. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to have room, I guess, for differently calibrated consciences and all the while operating with brotherly love and affection with one another in different conclusions that we might come to. So I don't know if that gets at what you were saying. Episode two, Matters of Conscience. Whoa. So our second episode in July of 2020. Wow. With uh, our super great audio quality on my lone Yeti microphone. Uh, We did talk about matters of conscience. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, before even Nick was a regular or Stacy was a regular on the podcast, doing it out of my garage or my basement or whatever it was. That's good. Um, anything, you know, just the concept of decision-making, you know, that uh, Kevin DeYoung talks about, that Nick just talked about, like anything that anybody else would add? I wonder sometimes if the, if if part of the reason that we operate the way we do is is just based out of a misunderstanding of who God is too, in that like I'll often say to people, God is not waiting around the corner eager to tell you, Oh, got that one wrong. <laughs> oh, right. You got that one yeah, wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But he's laid out his like you said, he's laid out his moral will and he is uh he's gonna walk with you. You know, he's gonna walk with you wherever you go. He'll never leave you or forsake you, not just if you make all the right particular decisions that yeah. you've arrived at somehow by, you know, some magical formula. And so I think, I think that that's just a huge thing too, just to say is like, I mean, he, his promises stand true and he'll be with you and he's going to walk with you wherever you go. And he's eager to see you live for him wherever you are. So, I mean, I'll often say, uh, you know, even even as we make decisions at, at church, sometimes on these issues that are not, they're not moral, they're not whatever. I'll say, well, we'll try it. If it doesn't, if it goes really bad, we'll do something else. Uh, because, but you know, how how else how else do you do it? Right. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yeah. Just two thoughts on that. You know, consider the lilies and the sparrows. Mm-hmm. If God can clothe the lilies, will He not clothe you? If He cares for even the sparrow, will He not care for you? And that isn't contingent on you making every decision perfect in life, yep. right? right? He is a loving father. He will care for you. And number two, it is so comforting to know that there is literally nothing that I can do to mess up God's sovereign will of decree. If it happens, it's because God willed it. <laughs> and so that is, a, that is a real place of rest for us as Christians who believe in that. Um because that, that just means that the ultimate outcome of life is not dependent on us. It's dependent on God and his promises and his sovereign care over every detail of life. So that should just be really freeing. If God is that sovereign and he loves us that much, then <laughs> there is ultimately nothing up for grabs in him. So therefore, try to please God, offer your bodies as living sacrifices and do what you want. <laughs> Amen. Thanks so much, everyone.